The role of scapegoat within a dysfunctional family is to carry the burden, sickness, dysfunctional behaviors, and all consequences of poor choices of the entire group without appreciation or reward. One of the most damaging lies told to the family member who is scapegoated is that they are obligated and responsible to continue to play this dysfunctional role for life or they will suffer additional punishment. Next point, the family member who has been scapegoated will continue to play the dysfunctional role until or unless they become aware that they are not in fact responsible, nor are they obligated to do so. That's a hell of a burden to place on anyone, but this is often the case when it comes to dysfunctional families and a family member who is scapegoated. They are to carry all the sickness, all the burdens, everything that makes the family dysfunctional, all the dysfunctional behaviors, all of the poor choices that everyone in the family has done, okay? This particular family member who is scapegoated is to carry the weight of that without appreciation from other family, without reward. In other words, you're used like toilet paper. You are used like a toilet, okay? That's it. Most of the lies that are told okay, within a dysfunctional family is very damaging, but I'm gonna zero in on the particular lies that is told to the family member who is scapegoated. See, another set of lies are, are for that particular family member. It is very sick, it's very sadistic, but overall, the dysfunctional family unit, they operate off of secrets, dirty secrets, lies, hush-hush, Certain family members conspiring with one another to go against other family. Okay, very sick stuff going on here. It is the gift that keeps giving to the cluster B personality and the narcissist in the family, which is sometimes the parents, narcissistic parents. It's not always a narcissistic parent. It's sometimes a caregiver. Sometimes it's, it's a, a unit where as you have an elderly person who is being cared for, yet they are playing the role of a dysfunctional uh, scapegoat or a dysfunctional role that is scapegoated, all right? Sometimes it's an elderly. It's not always a, a person who is a child within a dysfunctional family. Sometimes there's an elderly person. The scapegoated family member is bullied into this sick dysfunctional role for the rest of their life. So if they continue to believe that lie, that role will be continued to be played by the scapegoated family member. Only thing that has to happen is that that family member who has been scapegoated, the only thing they have to do is to continue to, to believe that lie. All right? So that's, that's pretty much all it takes. But that is the most damaging lie out of all the lies that are told. See, a dysfunctional family unit, period, they spew lies, they spread lies, gossip, rumor, instigating fights, pitting one family member against another. The conspiring takes place when family members come together energetically, spiritually, physically, 
in the guise of sexual activity. The family member who has been appointed scapegoat is usually appointed by a narcissist or a family member who has a cluster B personality, often a parent, not all the time, but often. Becoming familiar and accustomed to playing the dysfunctional role of scapegoat will prove to be challenging to stop, especially if done for a long period of time. Enmeshment with other, with other family is often one of the main reasons for this challenge. Oftentimes, addiction to playing this dysfunctional role develops for the scapegoated. Enmeshment with other family members is very often why the scapegoated family member finds it very hard to stop doing so. No one can tell the family member who has been scapegoated how to stop this dysfunctional behavior. And this is due because of the addiction. See, you can't tell an alcoholic they're an alcoholic. Think about it. A person who's addicted, see, they're not gonna stop getting their drug of choice until they decide they're gonna stop. When sincerity happens, so does awareness. Again, you can't tell an addicted person that they are addicted. They're gonna look at you like you have two heads. So, therefore, you cannot tell them how to stop. Someone who is being scapegoated within his or her family, nine times out of 10 chances because of their being addicted to being such, you cannot tell them how to stop. All right, the role of, then they will see how to stop playing the role of scapegoat. All right, when sincerity happens, so does awareness. And it is only then they will be able to see how to stop playing the role of scapegoat. Let's move on. Examples, systematically breaking down the scapegoated family member repeatedly is vital in order for the other family to continue to feed. The dysfunctional family is the perfect group or unit for narcissists to obtain sources of supply. Oftentimes, the family member who is scapegoated is chosen because they are the strongest and the healthiest of the family. The scapegoated must be made sick to make the dysfunctional family comfortable. When this happens, the sickness becomes an addiction for the scapegoated. This is not all the time, but is often the case. The dysfunctional family then gets to continue to deny the dysfunctional behaviors that makes the family sick. The scapegoated family member is infected with addiction and the sickness of the entire family due to the methodical execution of the, dis of the narcissist to switch identities with the scapegoated. The narcissist is loved, understood, and supported by family, while oftentimes the scapegoated is demonized without remorse from the family. Pause. Let me go ahead and, and say some things on these examples. I know that was a lot, guys, but we can get through it, okay? I want to thank you all who are still with me. Thank you. All right. Now, 
systematically breaking down the scapegoated family member. That means psychologically, mentally, emotionally, breaking them down, making them sick so the rest of the dysfunctional family members can feed off of that one family member who has been scapegoated. All right? And of course, the narcissist is the head honcho of this entire operation. And of course, they're getting off on it because they have sources of supply from doing such a thing. They are, they're, the, they're the ones who operate the whole setup. The narcissist does this. Oftentimes, the family member who is scapegoated is chosen because they are the strongest and the healthiest. Okay, pause. Oftentimes, the scapegoated is the one who sees the sickness in their entire family and who is willing to face the truth. And not only that, they are willing to tell the truth. Think about it, guys and gals. See, scapegoated family members are the ones who are deemed the troublemakers because they will rock the boat. They will tell the truth. They will point out that fat pink ass elephant in the middle of the room and say, look at that pink elephant in the middle of the room. See, the scapegoated family member is the one who is not afraid to tell the truth, see the truth, and face reality of what makes the dysfunctional family a dysfunctional family. Everyone else in the dysfunctional family is getting off and getting benefited from the sickness and they continue to choose to invest in a sick dysfunctional family because they get some sort of benefit out of it. The scapegoat is not having that. This is exactly why the scapegoated often is the one who is chosen. Sometimes and also often the scapegoated is chosen by the narcissistic parent because the narcissistic parent will not face his or her own wounds. The scapegoated family member reminds them of how vulnerable they really are. Speaking of the narcissist, the narcissist doesn't like to face their own demons, their own faults. They don't like to look and face the, uh, the fact that they're just human like everyone else. The scapegoated family member reminds them of that. So here we have it. The scapegoated family member is infected with addiction and the sickness of the entire family. The, the narcissist, as I said, is the head honcho. They set all of this up. So symbolically, they do switch places with the scapegoated family member. The narcissist is very methodical. So they execute this almost to perfection. It is sick how they do it, but they do it. So when the scapegoated family member is infected, with sickness and is addicted, the narcissist can sit back and get their sources of supply for long periods of time so they can bask in their victory. Okay? Because they have done the switcheroo. The narcissist was successful in switching identities, assuming and hijacking the identity of the scapegoated family member. Now, I'm not telling you all this to say all hope is gone and that that means that if this is you, your life is over. No, no, no. Tools. Take inventory of your relationships. Be honest about how you are treating yourself versus how others are treating you and your family. Become financially literate. Incorporate a healthy lifestyle. Check your ego. Go to the source. 
Checking your ego means that you don't continue to walk around thinking that you are the only person that this type of uh, tragedy has happened to. Not to, and then at the same time, don't belittle what you've gone through. Just know that you're not the only one. So check your ego. Don't continue to think you are a victim. Go to the source. That means look at what has happened in your family. Go all the way back to your childhood if you have to. Really take inventory of your dysfunctional family. Look at it. Stop idealizing it. Become financially illiterate. Self-explanatory. Take inventory of your relationships. Be honest about how you're treating yourself. How others in your family are treating you. So if you're treating yourself well and some others in your family continue to treat you as scapegoat, well, there's a conflict. That means you have some choices to make. Okay? You have to decide. Are you going to continue to operate as scapegoat? Believe in the lie that was told you? Or are you going to go ahead and take action, radical action, move forward, build a support base, build your blueprint up first, then do a support base. Start working that support base. Move forward. narcissistic parents who have children for possibly supply as a result tend to project all of their unpleasant emotional spiritual and psychological imbalances onto their children particularly the scapegoat child who they could over time come to devalue this is what the true purpose of a scapegoat within a dysfunctional family from the perspective of the narcissistic parents could be. This is debatable due to various circumstances. Okay, so I'm not going to give an example for that one because I think I pretty much touched on that. Moving on to point number six. Children tend to suffer not only abusive behavior of narcissistic parents within the dysfunctional family, but they also become traumatized from the painful experience. So with this, here you have it. You know, a child who's not only parenting the narcissistic parents, that's traumatic within and of itself. That's abusive within and of itself. But they all on top of that, the child also is traumatized from the various forms of abuse. Now, I want to go ahead and really pinpoint the psychological aspect of this. The child is being traumatized because psychologically the, the child is being tormented. This is, what, this is what we have here within the dysfunctional family. So that child who is scapegoated is the one who gets it the worst. All the children suffer from one form or another, but it is the scapegoated child who really carries the burden of it all. Point number seven. Scapegoats are to carry the burdens, misfortunes, the ills, the consequences for all wickedness and poor choices 
of other family members within the dysfunctional families. Now guys, that's, I don't know about you, but I say that is a very tall order and it is a very wicked and satanic order. That is a horrific thing to say the least to put upon any child. However, it is my opinion folks that this is one of the main reasons why a certain child is pinpointed to be scapegoated within a dysfunctional family. It is so they can carry all the burdens, everything that is unpleasant within the family. And I don't care if we're going back generations, that one child is to carry it all. Now, I think this is satanic. The purpose of this is to cleanse the group as a whole by sacrificing the scapegoat. This is seen within the dysfunctional family headed by the narcissist as a righteous, guys pinpoint that word righteous, because I'm gonna make a point about that in a minute. This is seen as by the, by the headed by the scapegoat, I'm sorry, headed by the narcissist as a righteous thing to do while also possibly obtaining a life of narcissistic supply. It is perhaps from the perspective of the dysfunctional family that the scapegoat is not an individual who possesses a heart, a mind, a spirit, a higher consciousness, or even a soul. The scapegoat is devalued within the dysfunctional family. So we have here is the child who was pinpointed, unfortunately, to be the scapegoat. Not only are they devalued, but within that devaluation, they are demonized by other family members within the dysfunctional family. And this is headed by the narcissistic parent. Pretty grim, pretty ugly, and again, I say it's satanic and downright wicked. If you haven't seen that movie Carrie, you know, you might want to check it out because the, the uh, character Carrie had a mom who was very religious, right? She was always holding a cross in her hand, always, you know, talking about she was gonna pray for her daughter Carrie. Now I wanna go back to that point that I made here about uh, the, you know, the narcissist as the head of the family is, is seeing this scapegoating thing as a righteous thing to do. This is why I'm bringing up that movie Carrie because if you guys who have seen that movie Carrie, remember how the mom was always accusing her daughter Carrie of having a demon inside of her, of being possessed by the devil, and you know, always talking about God and you know, talking about how she's supposed to be clean and righteous, talking about her daughter uh, Carrie. Carrie was seen as, actually her, Carrie was demonized by her mom, which in my opinion, her mom was a narcissist. Now, it's amazing how a lot of narcissists, they are very religious. They go to church faithfully, but this is to get narcissistic supply. This is what some of us have, have come to know. Um, so I want, really wanted you guys to pinpoint on that word righteous, because this is how some of the narcissistic parents, they think when they pinpoint and scapegoat a particular child, that child is seen as evil, as bad, as the worst of the worst, as the worst not only within the narcissist, but within that dysfunctional family. It is that particular child that the narcissist parent thinks makes the family dysfunctional. This is what makes the family sick. This is what makes the family ill. 
This is what's wrong with the family. It is the child who was scapegoated. In the mind of the narcissist, in the eyes of the narcissist, they think it is that scapegoated child who is the problem. I hope this is clear to you all who are looking at this. And again, for all of you who have been scapegoated in your family, my heart goes out to you. I have some experience with this. And it took me some time, not only to put certain things together, but to go ahead and start to heal from this and to thrive and move forward and build my support base. But guys, I'm here to tell you, it was very worth it. And I'm glad that I did that. And in this video, I hope to inspire you and motivate you to do the same. Narcissistic parents usually fail to realize, possibly due to their own delusions of grandeur, that their choices bear consequences that they, not the child who was chosen to become a scapegoat, must face. So again, this is what I want to talk about, how narcissistic parents, they tend to project everything onto others. However, when they have a child that they have uh, scapegoated or they are scapegoating, they tend to really go to town on that child and they project some of the most horrific things upon that child. Things that the narcissistic parents don't want to be responsible for. They don't want to look in the mirror and look at themselves and say, well, you know, I have some things I have to change about myself. No, they choose a particular child to project all things about themselves that they don't like onto that child. The purpose of scapegoating, unfortunately, carries such a dark and grim message, especially within the uh, dysfunctional family. Narcissistic parents can at times scapegoat a child within their dis dysfunctional families to obtain supply while carrying out their own trauma from childhood that tends to go unresolved and defiantly denied. The narcissistic parent not only is reliving their childhood trauma for supply, but they're also denying that the trauma ever took place in their own lives. So they continue to be in a state of resistance and they defiantly deny their own inner childhood wounds. So they project that onto the scapegoat child. Tool number one, if you were scapegoated within a dysfunctional family, you can write the epilogue of your own story right now. Don't wait. <laughs> Just go ahead and start right now by beginning. You can begin that epilogue by saying, I am here. Because you are. It, obviously, you're alive. You're here. You're breathing. That's victory. You survived that horrific mess that the narcissistic parent had dished out. You survived it. You thrived it. You're here. You're breathing. Tool number two, try not to turn against yourself, forgetting your awesome characters, you know, your characteristics. It is no accident that you have thrived past the horror of abuse and can sometimes, can you, actually you can help somebody today if you so choose to, but first help yourself. Build your support base today. Write the epilogue of your story starting today and try not to turn against yourself. Try not to continue to uh, punish yourself the way the narcissistic parent did. They already did that. Don't keep, don't continue on by doing that to yourself. Tool number three, remember that you are no longer existing as the scapegoat. Guys, that's the past. 
What I want to say about this is that one of the terrible things that the narcissistic parent implanted in the subconscious mind of the scapegoated child is that that child is bad and that child doesn't belong to his or herself. They don't have an identity other than what the narcissistic parent has given them. Guys, I want to encourage you today to break that mold, to break that cycle and have a strong sense of yourself by becoming mindful of who you are. That moves right on into the next two, but I'm going to say this right now. Becoming mindful of yourself, learning who you are, discovering things about yourself that maybe you haven't come to learn yet, and remembering what your passions are. What are some of the things you like to you, you, you used to do? What do you like to do? Who are you? You know? You guys, excuse me, I get passionate about this because I know from experience just how important it is to reclaim your life, reclaim your identity, because so much damage has been done by the narcissistic parent. Let's move on to the next tool. Be mindful of where and who you are now. Yes, become mindful of that. Don't live in the past. This is what the narcissistic parent would like you to do. Keep living in the past. Keep focusing on how horrible they treated you. Because as long as you keep focusing on how horrible they treated you, you are in the past. Instead of being focused on the fact that now you are a person who's a thriver. You have survived them. Mercy was shown upon you. You made it. For whatever reason, guys, you are here today. So yes, become mindful of where and who you are now. Last and final tool, focus on your transitioning and purpose right now. Every life has purpose. You don't have to go all around the, the earth and on the planet trying to figure out what your purpose is. No, write the epilogue to your story now by stating, I am a thriver. I am alive today. My life has purpose. That is the purpose, guys. You're here today. Focus on how you, you're transitioning because you are. Even when you were a child, you were transitioning. You were probably the one who broke the cycle of the dysfunctional family, which is one of the reasons why narcissistic parents tend to pinpoint a particular child who has that potential to break the cycle of a sick family. Okay, this is what came, became clear to me on my journey. This is sometimes why, I'm not saying this all the time or it's every time, but I think this is part of the reason why some narcissistic parents, they choose a particular child because they know that child is the one that's probably going to break the cycle within the, the sick and dysfunctional family. And we can talk about going back generations before that child was even thought of. Because usually dysfunctional families consist of codependents and narcissists who have married and they pass on that legacy generation from generation to generation. And I'm not demonizing anyone. I'm not saying that codependency is a bad word or that's consisting of bad people. No, I'm just saying that a lot of narcissists tend to go for codependents as partners, as marriage partners, and they have children. And there you go. The dysfunctional family legacy is usually passed on. 